0: Skip it, da do 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 do
1: Um, we're missing one of our of our quartet, if you will. <laughs> Ifewa is home not feeling well, and we want you guys to send her good vibes and prayers for our healing. She got wisdom teeth taking out, and I don't know if you've ever had that, but that is not a fun process. So, Ifewa, we love you, we miss you. Ooh. Um Yeah. So I'm gonna let this is Ife, by the way. <laughs> this is Ife. And I'm going to let the my other co-hosts introduce themselves. Then I'm going to let our guest introduce himself. So co-hosts, do you want to go?
2: Hey, this is Amayo. Hey guys, this is Onyeka, a.k.a. Yeka-O.
1: Alrighty, and we have a special guest in our midst. Um, special guest, do you want to tell us your name, what you do, how you found us, all of that good stuff?
3: So uh, basically, first first and foremost, I just want to thank the listeners that are listening to this podcast, and I want to thank the people that are in charge of making this podcast happen. My name is Michael Maponga. I am, uh, By profession, I am an actor, and I'm also a uh, founder and CEO of Afroland TV. Afroland TV is an online streaming platform for Pan-African content. What does Pan-African content mean? It basically means that uh. We have original premium films from the continent, Africa, Motherland. We have those films on our platform, and we also have the black independent films uh, from the black diaspora globally. So we have films from the U.S., U.K., uh, Caribbeans, and we're just basically connecting the black diaspora again, just so we find and we, uh, we accentuate on what our roots are.
1: Cool. Very cool. So uh, Michael's company uh, reached out to us. And that's how we learned about Michael. And we're very excited to be speaking with him today. Thank so you. does anybody have any questions they'd like to kick off with? Uh, you, can no? start. Okay. you can
2: start. Go ahead.
1: Okay, all right. Cool, cool. Okay, so you mentioned that you are an actor, Michael. When yes. did you know that acting or being involved in the film industry was a viable career option for you? Essentially, walk us through your, your journey. Into, okay.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, that That is a very excellent question. Viable? I don't believe that is uh, a word you can include in uh, acting. Because it's <laughs> never... <laughs> it's nothing is promised. You know, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a high risk, uh, high risk, high reward type of thing going on. So I don't think, you know, the people that I involved in my life thought this was a viable option for me to take. But uh, I was born in Zimbabwe. Um, and that is where my, I, I just knew I had this calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, influenced by this TV show, very old TV show we used to watch in Zimbabwe. We all used to sit down and watch TV as a family. You know, we don't do it nowadays in this generation. Everybody goes to their rooms and stuff. But uh, back in the day, in the 90s, you know, we used to watch television together. So um, I, 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 the, uh, this particular show I was talking about is called Gringo. And, you know, I loved how it made my family feel, how it made uh, thousands and millions of people feel in Zimbabwe because it was a, co- a comedic TV show. And, you know, just watching that and watching people laugh, my family enjoy themselves. From the daily struggles in life, you know, I wanted to give people that same feeling. Mm-hmm. I knew that uh, I had a, I had a different calling. I just didn't know what it was yet at that time. But I knew from watching that show, I was like, you know what? I want to make people laugh like that. I want to make people feel good. And uh, I started acting in Zimbabwe in uh, the theaters over there. Now, obviously, these were our, like kindergarten theaters. You know, uh, I I had big ears, so they'll put me as the elephant. You know, so that, that, that was, uh, you know, that, that, that was, it was cute. It was cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, that, that was when I uh, knew that I had this acting bug. And then I moved to the U.S. in 2002. Uh, when I moved to the U.S. in 2002, uh, fast forward to uh, middle school, I knew that I had to pursue this thing. I knew for sure this is what I wanted to do. So I started taking theater classes in uh, sixth grade. And then uh, I found an acting school. I actually went on Google. This is way back then. I actually went on Google. And no, nobody, uh, this is unsolicited. You know, nobody had to tell me what to do. This is just me just knowing that God gave me this drive. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go on online and search it. So I searched uh, acting school. I found one. It was very expensive, um, especially for my single mother. But she uh, she knew that uh, this was something that I've been wanting to do. So she sacrificed, you know, she worked the extra long hours just to get me uh, through this school. I graduated in five years and then I got another scholarship uh, from a Hollywood producer to um, to go to her classes. I did that for about two years. And uh, I am here today as, a, I guess, a professional actor. I get, I get paid for my work. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's been, uh, yeah, exactly right <laughs> now. It's now it's viable, but, uh, you know, it, it's been a long journey and I've been blessed. God has had his hand in my, uh, in my career this year. Um, I, I traveled to, uh, Central Asia. We had a film that we made last year in, uh, Hollywood. Um, it was a foreign, it was a foreign production that came to Hollywood and I was the leading, uh, I was the leading American actor in the film. Uh, The film is called, uh, thank you so much. The film is called Finding Mother. It went on to do uh, box office records in uh, Central Asia, uh, Dubai, uh, Russia, Germany, France, all the uh, European countries, and it was here in the U.S. in select theaters. I did travel to Asia for the press tour, and uh, I do have another film in select theaters, which is a Christian film where I co-star along Stephen Baldwin. Mm. uh one of the baldwin bro- brothers so you know i've been blessed in my career and i just continue to move forward and it's time to give back to my people okay.
2: first of all okay. can we just say shout out to all the african moms out there who are constantly <laughs> like mm. <laughs> making sure their mm-hmm. kids have everything that they need to be successful so shout out to exactly. your mom yeah sure shout out to yeah. uh, michael's mom
1: <laughs> so you just that that's a perfect segue into talking about hollywood so tell us mm-hmm. about your experiences as an african actor working in hollywood like how has it been you know auditioning for roles how do you even find roles um how has it been working with directors and you know like hollywood is a hot topic right now with all the Oh, the sexual assaults. Oh
3: the sexual assault. Uh,
4: the sexual yeah. So like uh, can we're I not add, going can to I really... add to your question if I... Of course. Go ahead. I'll, okay, so my question is how do you avoid being typecast in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> that, that, that's African. a very good
1: question. <laughs> so
3: which question do you guys want me to start off with?
1: Start off with your experiences as mm-hmm. an act as an African actor working in Hollywood. What is, okay. you know, how do you find roles? How do you find opportunities? Is it easy? Is it hard? You know, your general experience. Then you could, you know, segue into Amaya's question. All right,
3: so... Um, you know my experiences in Hollywood have been, uh, you know, ups uh, ups and downs. But that's in any career you are, you partake and you are, you go after. You know, nothing nothing worthwhile is easy. I know you guys are pretty familiar with that saying. So um, when I started out in the game, you know, uh, this is back. Uh, this is a long time. I've been in the industry for ten um, for ten over ten years now, a decade and when i uh, first started out i started out uh, in dallas texas that's that's where i'm based i started out in dallas texas and um uh, i was just trying to get on extra roles you know i was just trying mm-hmm. to get used to uh, that's what my teachers my acting teachers would tell me you know go to uh go do short films go go be an extra for for a big show or whatever a uh, student uh short film just be an extra so that's that was my starting point and then um After I started getting used to uh, the mechanics and how um, a movie set is ran, then I started going after the uh, the speaking roles. Now, uh, the speaking roles is the hardest thing in the world because let me tell you this. It is not about your talent. It is actually about the people that you know in the
0: industry. Mm -hmm. So
3: starting out, if, if you can get over that hump of starting out, you know, this is you just constantly grinding every single day sending out emails letting people know uh hey this is my demo reel hey this is what I've done I would love to audition and not asking for favors you know mm-hmm. uh, you you want to prove yourself first right. and uh that that, that was the uh, the beginning the beginnings of um of me getting over that startup that startup uh, hump and that's you can you can uh, actually use that for business as well mm-hmm. so after i got um acclimated in the industry and i had um a, a good, a good base of connections in the industry. I started getting smaller speaking roles. So those speaking roles, I would, um, obviously now these were not, you know, uh, lead acting speaking roles. I might have like three or two lines in that mm-hmm. film. So, um, and, and there were very subservient roles. Like I'll come in as a gangster.
0: <laughs> you,
3: you, you know what I mean? Because I'm black. <laughs> I'll come in as a gangster. I'll come in as, um, you know that 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 one awkward black guy sitting in a room, and everybody else is white. You know, <laughs> so that that's how it started out for me. You know, I, I, and I was very excited because I was getting a chance. I was I was getting an opportunity to be on screen. And then once I built my rep up, that's when I started auditioning for bigger roles. So um, with my experience, I got uh, I was blessed enough to uh, to find an agent. Uh, this agent. Uh, this agent is uh, based in uh, New Orleans because New Orleans is actually a big film hub itself. Mm. So I got this agent in New Orleans and she started sending me to bigger auditions and um, I started auditioning for uh, roles for um, The Equalizer with Penzel Washington. I started uh, auditioning for The Originals, you know, the big shows that were shooting mm. out uh, on the East Coast and uh, some big independent films that I, uh, that I did in Atlanta. So I started uh, getting those. Now Most of the roles I was getting, still getting, it's either, um, they're not the roles that I want as an actor and the direction that I want to, uh, send my career to go. But these roles were more specifically like, uh, me coming in as the lead actor's best friend Mm -hmm. or me coming in as, uh, the funny guy Mm -hmm. or, um. You know, I, I don't. I, I'm. I don't have the, the magical to...
1: Negro. <laughs> exactly, the magical
3: Negro. You know, the, the the one that comes in in a drama scene and says the one funny thing mm-hmm. to lighten up the scene. That was me, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: That was me. So, uh, with, with with good success, because I always approach everything uh, at 110. You know, uh, those little roles that I got led to something bigger because I was always humble on set. I never showed up trying to be. Ooh, I'm, I'm this big actor guy you know I've been in all this no and I, I'm very humble because everything was a struggle for me and it still is you know what I'm saying so I'm very humble and it's much easier to connect with people that are just humble specifically in the entertainment industry because mm-hmm. everybody's just looking after themselves mm-hmm. it's a narcissistic industry for sure <laughs> so um, you know with, with more connections I just started getting roles and then opportunities from California started to come and then opportunities from uh. Uh, international opportunities uh, started presenting themselves. And, you know, I'm just willing to... Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the, the path that I'm taking and where I'm going now.
4: Oh, cool.
1: So, yeah. and um, Tell us about Amaya's questions. We've already yes, kind indeed. of touched on typecasting and, mm-hmm. you know, how you've always... How, in the beginning, the roles you've been asked to play a gangster or funny guy or... So how do you... Are you getting better roles now, and how are you pursuing those better roles? How are you avoiding, how are you navigating the whole typecast thing? What's, Exa- yeah, what's your strategy?
3: Exactly. So, uh, starting out in my career, obviously, any role that was given to me, I was okay. uh, I, I would take it, you know, just to uh, just to get out there. Get but, that. obviously, I am, I you know, but, go ahead.
1: So, what do they call it? The I, Like, the whole thing about what if you have to be an actor, you have to have, like... Um, Screen credits to join the Actors Guild or whatever. Exactly. Whatever.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So you know, I was taking uh, the roles that I didn't want, uh, the roles that I, I didn't see uh, opening the door up to my career. But sometimes, uh, starting out, you gotta do what you gotta do just to get on mm-hmm. screen. You know, I always, uh, I always took any role, but I always had standards. Mm. You know, um, I wouldn't play particular roles uh, just because. uh, They were going against my beliefs and my grain inside. And obviously, I didn't want my mama to see me playing that on TV. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I chose my roles, but I was taking anything that came came my way. Uh, And then as my career continued uh, to build. Now, this is how important social media is. Uh, Social media is basically uh, your online resume for actors. Because what they do is they actually go on your social media page. They go back mm-hmm. to what you have posted uh, up to like ten years down your timeline. If they're able to do that, you know, just to see the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I did was I rearranged uh, my my social media platforms. You know, in high school, middle school, yeah, I was taking mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to be a rapper. I was taking gangster. <laughs> you know, you know, I was I was a kid. I was young. I was having fun. So obviously, I had to clean up my uh, my social media presence, um, and then. I started posting things that I uh, that I saw myself later on in my career pursuing, like um, you know li- leadership posts, you know insp- inspirational uh, inspirational uh, posts, uh, anything supporting uh, the motherland to show that hey, I'm also a human being. I have uh, I have I'm not just an actor, but I also have things that I'm also trying to pursue to uh, to better this industry, you know, and that is. Uh, Opening up the landscape for African films, um, mm-hmm. African filmmakers, and actors. So I started uh, my online presence had to be good, right? So that was uh, one and foremost. And then after I did that, I started getting uh, I started getting approached for roles, uh, for leading roles, because they, and they saw, they perceived me as a leader just because of my presence online. Because most of the, uh, most of the people. That uh, my facebook friends are either directors producers i follow people in the industry you know i'm not i'm not i'm not on facebook you know uh, posting me you know making it rain in the club no i use facebook <laughs> as, um, you know I'm, i use facebook as a as a professional medium
0: mm-hmm. right
3: so um i have directors i have producers so ev- everything that i post on my page is strategic because i know who's my audience so if my audience see or perceive me as this uh, this guy pursuing leadership inspirational things automatically they view me as a leading type actor leading type mm-hmm. uh, leading type guy man whatever you want to classify that as and I get approached hey do you mind to read this uh, leading role for this film we want to put you on screen just to see how uh, compatible you are to the other actresses and so forth so you know it's it's all strategic you know use, Use um social media ed- to your advantage. Period. Mm-hmm. Use social media okay. to your advantage, and I, that'll be my answer to that. So it, you know, it starts off doing the roles that you don't want to do, but you have to, um, you have to give them a perception of who you are. Because if they put a perception on you, and you're a young black man, you're mm-hmm. gonna be the funny guy. You're gonna be the thug. You're gonna be whatever they want you to be, unless you give them a perception to see you from.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting, thank you. Um, so, <laughs> so talking about perceptions and stuff, you're just like you know, segueing into all <laughs> of my questions perfectly. <laughs> so, what's your opinion about the stories um about Africa that you're seeing in Hollywood? Like, you know, um, you know, there was the like uh, Queen of Catway, the one about the mm-hmm. chess. Mm-hmm. The Chess Prodigy. Then there you know, random scenes in Hollywood of, quote-unquote, Africa. There mm-hmm. was this... There was this... I think there was one in... It Was it Civil War? Captain America. There was mm-hmm. shot a, Marvel, the a recent Marvel...
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a recent Marvel... Oh, yes, Marvel. yes. Uh, Civil yeah. War. Aha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There was a recent Marvel film that had, like, you know, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. a scene in Lagos. Um, There was... That's been, like, you know, since... Since Hollywood became a thing, there's been images or portrayals of Africa in Hollywood. What's your opinion about that, and where whether things have improved? What you, yeah, just well, you tell um, us.
3: That's a very good question. So I'll begin. Uh, I'll begin on a lighter note. So uh, mm-hmm. the perception of um, Africa now is slightly starting to change in the positive way because of films like, um, you know, uh, the Black Panther. You know, mm. this, um, but like the Black
1: Panther is a fictionalized African country, though. it, so it, like,
3: it, it is. It, it, yeah, it is so, right. Yeah, okay. But um, media is the strongest influencer in the world. So the people that are not in Africa, once they see that film, you know, they'll start perceiving us Africans as you know uh, people of uh, power, people of leadership, and that's what this movie uh, presents. You know, it puts that persona out there to the masses in Hollywood. Now. Uh, it's improving. That's good, right? We're at a good point right now, and then the movie Queen of Qatar coming out, Um, you know, that was an excellent movie as well. It was highly acclaimed. But, uh, you know, that's good. You know, but what I believe is like, um, we as Africans, we with the knowledge and the power to do what we're able to do, such as, you know, uh, be it writing books or podcasting or filmmaking, we have an obligation to the people that made us be able to get that uh, that knowledge and skill, that skill set to, um, to build upon that skill set in our craft and do something for our home and the people back home, right? We should start building Africa from the outside in because Africa has been building the world from the inside out, mm. right? So now it is time for us to uh, build Africa from the outside in. And that starts with the diaspora outside of Africa because one misconception is, when people uh, come out of Africa, and Africa is not just a country, I'm just saying that to uh, <laughs> encompass. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that to encompass all the uh, all the people in the diaspora. They come from different nations: Nigeria, South Africa, Ghana. I'm just encompassing everybody in the term Africa. So, well, uh, once people, you know, uh, migrate out of uh, Africa or that specific country, none of um, most most people don't want to go back. You know, most people don't want to go back. They don't They don't even want to be associated, you know, and that's very sad because we're not building our home and we're building somebody else's home with the knowledge mm-hmm. that we are learning, right? And we're always, uh, black people, to me, not not only to me, it's evident, we are the most oppressed race in the world. Anywhere we go, we're always asking God to be, we're always asking for people to do us favor right yeah. but we have the knowledge we have the strength we have we have we are smart as a, as a people right we should start building and our uh, feeding feeding our homeland because our homeland is the richest continent in the world
0: mm-hmm.
3: right so uh, the perception of our uh, africa starting out and this started when i got to the us you know everybody was uh, you know people were asking me oh do you ride zebras and i was like mm-hmm. what oh do you do you do you live uh, do you live in huts you know how'd you get to America? You know they, they ask me all these ridiculous questions because media does not portray us in a positive uh, in a positive way. You mm-hmm. know it's always about uh, war, poverty streaking. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that type of environment. And yes, we do have our um, our areas that lack mm-hmm. that lack things, but that's 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 with any country in the world. I mean, go to Detroit
0: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> in the U.S. Go to Detroit, and you won't feel like you in the U.S., right? But with Africa, they just want to highlight the uh the, the this environments, right? They don't highlight the uh, the things that we're doing, the great things that we are building. So, uh, my intention is to change the perception of how Hollywood and how uh the, the the global population sees Africa, right? My intention is to make our own exclusive premium Hollywood. Right. we want to be competing. we well, are not trying to compete and cut off like Hollywood or you know the big major uh, TV networks. But we want to be included in the mix. Like, hey, you know what? There's this great movie uh, that was pr- produced by uh, this African director or this African cast or you know uh, this people in the diaspora that is actually can can actually gain money. You know, I want us to be in the conversation because we have richer stories than anybody else on this uh, on this planet. Our stories are so rich and they need to be told because we need to stop waiting for people to give us a dog bone and give us a black panther every 10 years.
0: Mm. You know, we
3: we, 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 we could be creating that every single year because our okay. stories are rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I truly believe. And that is the vision and uh, the direction I want African
0: TV to go. Mm.
1: Mm cool thank you so again another great segue (laughs) (laughs) now let's talk about afroland tv this is you've kind of already answered this question with with what you just said but when exactly did you think about creating afroland tv like walk us through that thought process that journey that Mm -hmm. you know spark of okay this is what i have to do this is what i've seen this is why this is needed um, You've already said uh, said a little about this, uh, mm-hmm. but just give us more insight into your thought process.
3: Exactly. So, uh, the idea of affluent birth to me, when I was uh, staying in Atlanta uh, three years ago in 2015, uh, I was freshly out of uh, college. Um, I had no job. I had this big shiny diploma, <laughs> but I had I had no job. And I knew I knew that um, I'm not the, uh, the nine to five type of guy. I, I always knew that and not saying that I can't function in that type of environment. I, I'm a you know, I'm a great individual when it comes to our work ethic, so I can work in any type of uh, environment. But I just knew it wasn't for me. And it'll be um, it'll be a dishonor to uh, to the people that had that had paved my way to get where I am. So uh, I knew I always wanted a business after college. I just didn't know what it was. Right? So I was contemplating. I was like, "Man, man maybe I should start uh, a sports sports uh, marketing agency. Uh maybe I can open up restaurants. You know, the basic mm-hmm. business ideas that come to you, right? But nothing was nothing was settling in my heart. And then uh, I prayed. I prayed about it. You know, I said, "God, please um Just just please give me a vision. I I know that I want to do something with my career as an actor, but I I want to do more to give back to my people. And um, I actually was in close connection with uh, a CEO of uh, a streaming company here in the U.S. And, um, you know, we we were we we are good friends. And he was uh, he was talking to me. And he was letting me know, you know, uh, he had a couple of my films on his platform. So we would talk, you know, on a regular basis. Hey, how are the films doing? How how is this doing? So I was speaking with him in Atlanta and I was just telling him, I was like, man, it's hard over here in Atlanta. You know, uh, I'm not getting nobody's wanting to hire me, even though I graduated with uh, it. It it was close to honors. It was a three point four. You know, it's a couple of grades away from being an honors student, you know what I mean? But uh you know, I was like, I, I was smart. I had all these A's in, in school, but nobody wants to hire me. And he was like, honestly, dude, nobody cares,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? Because we, we live in a, in a new generation as millennials now. We, mm-hmm. Nobody cares about our grades. School is not as, <laughs> school is still great, but uh, that was for the past generation. Go to school and come out of school and get a great job. Not for us. It's a little bit different. We go to school for the knowledge. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure you go to the school for the right thing because if you go for, like, uh, I'm not going to say any degree because I don't know <laughs> what degree <laughs> <But
0: yeah.
3: laughs> You know, I don't, don't want to offend anybody. But you, you guys understand what I'm saying, right? So um, mm-hmm. um it, the idea just popped in my head in Atlanta. I was like, I'm an actor. I have all these connections. I've been wanting to do something for my people back home. Why don't I start uh, a platform, a streaming platform, like uh this CEO I was very uh, oblivious I was said uh, you know when I told him that he was like dude are you sure you want to start a business like this because it is hard mm-hmm. and I was like I don't give a damn I'm I'm broke already
0: mm-hmm. right
3: I, I'm I'm broke already I can't lose anything else so um you know I just went into it head first because that's the type of person I am I usually uh don't do I do slight research but I do it on the way and mm-hmm. then I figure out things on the way you know what I'm saying? I never sit down and say, "Okay, this has to be right." This said, mm-hmm. no, you know, I just, I just say, you know what? I'm gonna just jump off and build a uh, build wings on the way down, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so uh, that's essentially what I did, and um, this is how I know it was my calling because God always makes the things that He wants you to do. You always find little successes on the way, right? So um, I started the website for uh, 45 bucks. Started a website for 45 bucks, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go out there and ask people if I can have their films to show on the platform.
0: Mm-hmm. And when I started
3: approaching people, you know, all, I guarantee you 80% of the people that we we'll reach out to say yes. Yeah, remaining 20% wow. of uh, the pr- uh, productions that we we'll reach out to, uh, they usually have um, legalities with other distribution um, platforms, such as you know Netflix or Amazon. And uh, they're restricted mm-hmm. to giving out their content for a limited amount of uh, years or whatever their the time duration is. So um, it started all in Atlanta. And then uh, we we'll just continue building and building and building and just getting better. It's a lot of research. It's not easy. It is not easy to be an entrepreneur. And this is, uh, I wouldn't say this was my first run at being an entrepreneur because acting in itself is mm-hmm. entrepreneur entrepreneurial itself because you got to just just got to go out there and hustle or else you're not going to
0: eat mm-hmm.
3: right so i was already acclimated to the grind uh, but this grind was a little different uh what i love about this grind is you have to do a lot of research now research makes you it makes you a better person and uh better equipped to succeed in life because we live in the informational age
0: you
3: mm. know what i'm saying so our information yeah. nowadays is uh is what's propelling, you know, the great entrepreneurs forward. So, it's been it's been a grind. It's not easy. It's hard. But uh we we now have uh content from all over the world. We have uh Oscar-winning or uh, Oscar-nominated movies on our platform. You know, we Amazing. have um, we have great great content coming in and you know, we we're, we see our names next to uh obviously we're not as big, but on some mm-hmm. of the content uh it's available on Netflix. Yeah. And we're we're able to see our names next to that content because it's mm-hmm. also available on Affirmative TV.
1: Okay, that's great,
2: ladies. Do you have any Do you have any questions? Um, I do have a question regarding. Um, what you just mentioned with Netflix, um, and I just want to know your honest opinion. So, as most people know, I consume African <laughs> movies like a crazy person. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really interested as someone who owns a streaming platform. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about, a lot of these, or a lot of directors or writers or producers wanting their movies to be on platforms like Netflix um, versus maybe platforms like yours or Iroko TV or some of the other ones? Um, Do you think there is a preference? Well, I know there is, but what are your thoughts on the preference?
3: That's a a very good question. Now, um, before I even go in, before I go in deep, that question is, we are not competing with the Netflixes, Mm-hmm. And we are okay. not competing with the IRCO TVs. Simply mm-hmm. what we are trying to be is to be uh an option.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Because uh we will give you the content that you won't find on Netflix. We we'll, we will give you the content that you won't uh, that you won't find on iRocal TV. So mm-hmm. I'll start off with IROCO TV. So I TV is a very, very brilliant platform, excellent mm-hmm. uh platform, but they are very uh specific.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
3: They're very specific to Nollywood films. Right, Mm -hmm. Africa is grand. Mm Fifty-four countries in Africa. We have so many stories we have to tell. So Mm -hmm. the approach of Afroland is to uh, generalize a platform and open it up to Mm -hmm. uh, to the whole continent. So we Mm -hmm. not only are we uh, centralized on telling stories from this specific region, but we accept we have stories from Tanzania, Angola, coast to coast. You know, Mm -hmm. Kenya, uh, Nigeria, Ghana, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Liberia. We have content from coast to coast. We want to tell stories from the whole continent because we mm. have rich stories
4: okay. uh, now
3: to, uh, now to go back to, uh, Netflix, Netflix is a great platform, right? If, uh, if you have the opportunity to put your content on Netflix, kudos to you. Now, mm. the downside to that is, uh, when you do put your content on Netflix, you don't own your content anymore. Netflix owns your content.
1: Hmm. Right? Are you sure? I feel like Netflix is just a distribution channel. I know like so mm-hmm. Netflix has original content that they own, but they started out as licensing other people's content. So, exactly. I'm not sure about what you like what do you mean by they own your content? I think Yes.
3: Okay. So, uh what what I mean by own is they own rights to your content, okay. meaning that you cannot put your content anywhere else.
1: I guess it depends on, like, how, yeah, the contract you sign. But, yeah, exactly. I, I understand what you mean. That big. Exactly.
3: Like a, for exactly. the duration,
1: you put it on their platform. You probably can't put it anywhere else, yeah?
3: Exactly. Exactly. And they pay you, um, well, big studios typically don't, um, uh, some still do if you have a big film with uh, named actors. But nowadays, uh, they they don't give you upfront money like they used to back in the day, which is called mm-hmm. money guarantees, uh, MGs right so uh, if you put your content on Netflix uh, not only are you using uh, losing your rights to uh, to the film for that specific depending on how long the contract is and mm-hmm. contracts are usually between uh, two years to five years
0: mm-hmm. right
3: <clears throat> so uh, within those years you'll be obligated to uh, what Netflix think or should do with your content
0: mm-hmm. right
3: um, with affluent TV is uh, we most of our content is non-exclusive because it's um, we, uh, there's not a plethora of uh, African con- premium African content out there,
4: mm-hmm. right?
3: So uh, not only are we just trying to... We're not trying to imprison filmmakers to just only our platform. We want them to succeed, mm-hmm. right? We are, So we, we sign non-exclusive contracts saying that, hey, listen, we'll take your content. We'll market your content on our platform. Obviously, we'll be sending the audience to watch it on our platform. You are able to put it on any other uh, distribution platform you want to just so the film... Uh, has many different uh, streams of income because we want to make sure that our content producers are happy with the money that's coming in. Mm-hmm. So we open we we open it up to them and say um, it's a non-exclusive uh, contract. Uh, these are the regions uh, that we wanna that we, uh, most of our audience is. So this is the people we're going to cater to. Plus, uh, you receive a majority of the percentage of uh, of the uh, revenue that comes in from your content. Okay. uh we, we um we we don't have a Netflix type of business model on our platform. We have um it's similar to uh to Hulu and YouTube
0: okay right
3: so uh we have our own advertisers. We okay. promote black and African businesses on our as advertisers on our platform. so uh for example, let's say you go on YouTube and you press play on a video, you know how those commercials come before the mm-hmm. video plays. Mm-hmm. So we have we have the same type of technology, but our commercials are catered to uh, black businesses yes. because black uh, black businesses, they don't have uh, a big marketing medium for their businesses to be seen. And that's why most of our business go downhill. Mm-hmm. So we want to we want to change that game and open it up for everybody and keep the dollar circulating in the black community.
2: Okay.
3: Right. So we uh, we give uh, we give our advertising spaces to black businesses. As of right now, it's 100 percent black business, black African businesses. And then maybe later on, we'll, we might open up the floodgates. But for right now, we are in the, in the game of just promoting uh, black excellence. You know, um, and um, one thing I also want to say is that Afroland is not only for uh, Africans or black people. It's for people that are interested in our stories.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're not yeah.
3: segregating any race, any type of people. But it's uh just if you're interested to know about Africa, if you're interested to know about the stories that go over there, Affluent TV is an option for you to go watch something that might be uh, something you might not see on uh Netflix, something you might not see on IROCO TV. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So I hope
3: I hope that answers uh it does.
1: it does. It does, it does. Thank you for telling us about your unique selling point. Um I have a question. So you mentioned premium African content, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what do you consider premium African content to be? Yep.
3: So, um, excellent. Another excellent question. I'm liking this uh, <laughs>
0: it's
3: question game. This, you guys came ready. Okay. No, that's awesome. But premium African content is, uh, as an actor myself, I have an eye for uh, good quality, good quality uh, films, you know. So every film that comes onto our platform, has to uh, meet three criterias. Number one is uh, cinematography, right? We don't want to put uh, our con- uh, content on our platform with somebody rec- running around with their camera in Ghana <laughs> or in South oh, Africa,
0: wish. and then they think, <laughs>
3: you know, and then they think they have a movie. You know, we actually want <laughs>
2: people. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. How <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, you know, I'm um, just trying to explain the point. So we want people that, are, you know, that see this as a passion that, that, are in, in the game to, uh, to tell this African stories, the way they should be presented into the world nowadays. So we find, um, we have very well, uh, seasoned producers and production houses in Africa. Um, we have, I believe, we have five in Nigeria that we work with. We have uh, two in Ghana. We have uh, eight in uh, South Africa. They are, these people, these hubs give us content, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is high-quality content. Now, uh, it has to fit cinematography. It has to look good, right? And the, uh, the second thing is audio. Mm-hmm. If uh, your film does not have good audio, audience mm-hmm. is not going to watch it, mm-hmm. right? They Your film might look good, but people want to know what they're saying. Right, so uh, audio is always good and always, um, for, for the films with, uh, that are not, uh, acted in English, we have subtitles for those films as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number three is, uh, acting. Oh. Right, so, uh, the acting has to be decent. Obviously, you know, so, some films you might not have the best actors, but the story is still told because, uh, the production value of the film is decent. You know, so uh, that's essentially what I mean by premium African films, right? Okay. On the uh, and then on the platform, if you, uh, I don't know if you guys have visited the platform, but we have um, a category called premium. Right now, that's not to uh, differentiate from all the films on the platform because everything is premium. But this premium uh, category is for the bigger, uh, the bigger budget premium African films. We have films on there uh, that. You know that have a budget of five hundred thousand dollars and up. You know, so those films, uh, obviously, we can't show them for free on our platform just yet because of uh, contract legalities. So we open it up like, um, like a rental, like you know, renting a movie off uh, Apple TV or Redbox, but online. Right. Mm-hmm. So we put those uh, those big premium films online for for rentals.
1: Okay, that's interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Going into logistics, what, what what do you think are some of the barriers to creating and distributing premium African content? What what have you, what have your struggles been, or what have what are the things you've encountered uh, in this journey thus thus far?
3: Yes, uh, that's 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 um, again another very good question. So the uh, the barriers that we encountered, I'll start off with earlier on. Earlier on, people people didn't know what Afrolanty. So it is kind of tough, especially in this market, to, uh, to start from the ground up and ask people for uh, their babies. because <laughs> film, films are essentially people's babies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of it was kind of tough to um, to get some people to believe and to see our vision because they were just skeptical. They were like, "Are you guys legit? Is this a scam? Uh, you know, who, who, why? You know, they they'll just they were asking the right questions, and those are the questions we needed to be able to answer." So uh that was the first barrier that we had was people knowing who Afroman TV was. And uh, as we moved along um now we have a bigger presence, you know, uh, when we approach people uh, people are excited. Um they they are, they, are, they they want to jump uh, straight on board, but then we have some people that um that are not quite familiar with the uh with the film industry. Um uh, ma- uh, how should I say this? Uh, the modern film industry because some people are still stuck in the uh, old traditional ways where it doesn't matter who's in your film but if you have a film and you're giving it to a distribution platform they um back then the uh, distributors would give you like money guarantee because your film was going to succeed because you know it was a, it was a good film mm-hmm. it's 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 different nowadays you know uh just because your film is good does not mean it's going to succeed because it doesn't have name actors in it
1: also there's so much competition for people's time now exactly you know, there's exactly. so many platforms you can watch stuff on it's mm-hmm. not only you know visual media there's audio there's podcasts people are still reading exactly. books
0: exactly
1: websites blogs so there is and you know we all have only twenty four hours
2: in a day so exactly the, the you, slice you, you hit of that. time
1: yeah people, exactly. you know people's attention is getting it's getting narrower exactly you hit that
3: on the money that is uh People um most filmmakers are not acclimated to the modern day type of uh, the film industry. You know mm-hmm. they're great at making films, but they're not uh competent enough when it comes to uh, the business side of film. Mm-hmm. So uh some uh, some of our deals go downhill because uh, we might have uh, a filmmaker saying, "Hey, I'll put my film on your platform if you give me ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars," right? And mm-hmm. it's like um your film is great, right? But we cannot do that at the moment because first off, there's no uh, you don't have any named actors. We don't. Uh, the, your film does not uh, automatically guarantee that we're gonna uh, make twenty thousand dollars in profits. You know. You know what I'm saying. So it's it's a very risky business. And then uh, so, some of the ridiculous filmmakers that we have is that would. Uh, I'm not even gonna say their name. But it's a company in Germany. Uh, we were about to strike a deal to have a documentary on YouTube. It's available for everybody to watch for free. Mm-hmm. Right, and then uh, we approached this company and We said, hey, your documentary is excellent Why don't we open up another Stream of income for the documentary on Apple and TV and uh, expose it to uh, to uh To the audience That will be able to Relate closely to what this documentary Is about, they were like, yeah, you guys sound Really good, We love what you guys are doing But you're going to have to pay us uh, uh 1,400 pounds Plus 400 pounds for delivery And I was like and, you know it, it was like um it was like I understand what you're trying to do right but the film is already available to the public right. for free we are mm-hmm. trying to just open it up and just expose it to a <laughs> expose it to a broader audience and we're not just taking it just benefiting off because you you'll you'll be receiving a large chunk over fifty percent of all profits come to come back to you mm. you know what I mean but uh you know it, so those are the uh those Those two barriers are the most uh worth, oh are still uh, not still but are the most uh hurdles we had to get past we We're still dealing with the second one because sometimes we might just come across you know some hard headed filmmakers that uh that won fifty thousand dollars for a film <laughs> no I'm telling you th- these numbers are uh you know when so when we approach some African filmmakers you know they think like this is their jackpot. Well, it mm. should be. It should be. But they try to take advantage right, of uh, right. the opportunity and end up just flushing it down the drain.
2: Mm. So then, you go over here, by the way. In that case, if you were to say something to African filmmakers, um, what would you say to them?
3: Um, just, um, I would give them advice and not per se tell them exactly. You know what we want from them, but I'll give them uh advice to succeed in the film industry, even if they uh give us their content or not you know uh like I said earlier on, filmmakers you know uh they're great filmmakers, but they don't have uh the business the business side of filmmaking done or uh down so what I'll tell them is uh make a good movie you know uh, of, of course continue making good movies like you always do right. Number two, make sure that your marketing is incredible because most filmmakers spend most of their budget on making a great film, and that's okay. Mm. But also, make sure that you save a large chunk out of your budget you get. You might get from uh, investors that are investing in the movie, and focus on marketing because yeah. you might have a great film, but if you don't have good marketing material, your film is not going to go anywhere. It's just going to sit sit in somebody's uh, shelf forever. You know that's why you see uh, movies like uh, Thor. You see them on every platform you go onto. You see them mm-hmm. on uh, Yahoo. You see them on your, on YouTube. They do that for a reason. They spend millions of dollars in marketing, right? Marketing is the bi- is the biggest expense in Hollywood when it comes to these big films. Like it might take a film. Uh, uh, we'll start with easy numbers. It might take a film uh, one million dollars to shoot. Right? Actually, no. Let me open it up for. Uh, for you. 20 million dollars to shoot. Um, 15, I guarantee you that, uh, 10 million dollars, mmm, wouldn't guarantee, but 5 million dollars is straight up for marketing. Because that's how they know they're going to make their money back. They have to get it out to the people. So I'll tell the Mm -hmm. filmmakers to concentrate on marketing. And then, um, the last thing is, um, just be open to new ideas because, yeah, in the, in the digital age we're living now, uh, you don't know which platform is going to become very successful. True. You know, how many people knew Netflix was going to be successful? <laughs> right? Um, uh, Blockbuster, I know you guys uh, know this story, but Blockbuster <laughs> shut down Netflix. They kicked Netflix. They laughed Netflix out of the meeting door. mm. You know what I mean, and then in two thousand five, Netflix shut them down. So right. you know, I'll just tell the filmmakers to be uh, open to new ideas, but just make sure that your content or who you're giving your content to can protect your content.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So those are really? the, uh, the, the the things I would give uh, the film African filmmakers.
0: Mm. Okay,
1: that's good advice. Thanks. That's very good advice because I feel like even with Netflix, because Netflix has a lot of content yeah. but some of it gets buried because yes. there isn't enough marketing or promotion of that content mm-hmm. so even, exactly. even when you I get sensates. a distribution <laughs> even when you get a distribution deal you still have to like you, you can't okay. get, you can't fold your arms as yeah. a filmmaker or as a producer mm-hmm. you still have to do the work of promoting your content even mm-hmm. if even after you have distribution so that's mm-hmm. definitely exactly. great advice yeah. thank you michael no, you're welcome. So, you. um, we are reaching the end of our time together. We just have
4: a few more <laughs> questions for <laughs> you, Amaya. Did you have a question? Um, no, I was going to add to what you said, cause, well, to what you and Michael said. So, even like what you said with Netflix, for example. I mean, yeah, we know what we know the basis, the foundation of Netflix. But I think it's also important that they are also always like reinventing themselves or like innovating yeah trying trying out new things venturing into new markets i think that's also important like you always have have to stay relevant and you have to know what people Mm. want and maybe not necessarily know what they want but maybe be able to tell them what they want because that's that's also Mm -hmm. what apple does too so yeah that too just stay relevant
3: Mm -hmm. excellent no uh excellent point that is very true um
1: so what are your hopes for afroland tv
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and afroland tv specifically and the african film and television space in general in the next like 5 10 20 years what what do you hope what are your hopes your dreams Mm -hmm. what are you working towards all of those good things
3: Excellent. So uh, within the next five years, uh, we want to open up an Affluent studio um, uh, here in the U.S. Uh, we, you know, we will decide on the location uh, once the time comes uh, and then be in the process of opening up another studio in South Africa
0: because okay.
3: we, uh, we, we want to give, uh, not only do we want to uh, show African films and premium uh, African films, but we want to give people their jobs
1: why south yeah. africa though i feel like everybody you know true. everybody the entry points into africa is okay. always like south africa why south yes. africa yes
3: you you know and that is very true but uh, my point from, um, my reason for south africa is because uh, i am from uh, zimbabwe which is okay
1: obviously south it's not africa.
3: south africa but it's south in africa and yeah. then uh, are, the other reason is because south africa's film market is very good it has uh it's they have very contemporary film right we are they have um actors from here in the u.s fly oh uh flying to south africa to shoot films i myself i had an opportunity last year to go film a tv series which uh i lost the role to um what's that bald guy
0: uh everybody
3: loves uh, everybody loves him not morris chestnut but other one um Ah, oh, I forgot his name. He's, uh,
4: girls think he's so handsome. Idris Elba? <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot <laughs> of people that we think are
2: him.
3: I, I, I know, I know. I just <laughs> forgot his name. But think...
4: more? What wait, wait it's not Idris Elba?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not Idris Elba. Actually, uh, no, I have to find this because this is going to kill me. So I'm going to look it up <laughs> online. Um, It's not Morris Chestnut. It's... uh. Uh, well, you know, just uh, for the sake of time, I'll just keep moving.
0: <laughs>
3: but uh, South Africa has a uh, very good uh, contemporary type of um, film over there, and uh, they have the schools. They have, uh, um, they, they just have uh, the contemporary look we are going for. So that is one. Uh, that is where we want to start off to, and then we're going to expand to the uh, west coast. But this is uh, within fifteen years. We want to expand okay. to the west coast to uh, Nigeria Ghana but Nigeria first because obviously that's uh that's the biggest film industry in Africa right now.
2: Mm. Bruh, bruh. let's represent and let them know. There you go girl <laughs> you better hold it down. You, you better hold it
3: down. <laughs> so uh you know that's within um 10 15 years but within the five uh within 5 years uh, we, we want to have a uh, production house here in in, uh, in the US. Uh, 10 years in 10 years, um, we plan to be, uh, a full production house, uh, studio, meaning that we will be bringing actors from Africa here to the U S we will be going to Africa to film our own original content. Uh, we will be using, uh, the, uh, the grand locations we have on the continent, um, and distributing that work on our platform. And, uh, or whoever my, our partners might be at that time and we'll be uh, helping produce uh the, this film so that's that's 10 years and then uh 15 year mark uh we want to be the biggest uh pla- we want to be the biggest platform for uh, african content pan African mm. content
0: uh, dreams wow. on the
3: globe uh globe, on the globe so um that's what we're shooting for now obviously um uh, obviously their setbacks, right? But those are our goals, and we're sticking to those goals. And if we have to readjust, we're uh, we're always willing to readjust. Uh, You have to be able to pivot in any market just to uh, stand out. So um, we're sticking to uh, African content, pen African content, and just moving forward with it. And uh, in 10 years, hopefully, we are back on on this podcast or even a live TV show on Apple, (laughs) man. having interviews. So, uh, that that those are the goals for right now.
1: Okay. Cool. Very cool. Very ambitious dreams. Um one last question. So, how are you what's your strategy for making your platform more inclusive in terms of um a lot of people tend to be focused on anglophone Africa, so the uh-huh. English speaking countries. So, how are you do you have any are you working on getting more, you know, French speaking movies or portuguese speaking movies essentially ensuring that the continent in its entirety is represented and also like you know lesser told stories for example stories about lgbtq people or stories about you know um our traditions and culture in terms of like um in terms of um african traditional religions for example like stories that kind of aren't just your regular old, you know, you know, yeah, Lagos life or Nairobi life or Joe life type of thing. Like, how are, you know, w- what are your strategies for that, if any?
3: Uh, that is a very good point. So um, uh, how we're attacking, you know, the uh, the diverse languages on the continent right now is obviously uh, we're seeking the uh, the English-speaking countries first. Um, and we want the contents to be uh, relatable to a majority of our audience. And believe it or not, um majority of our audience is here in the U.S., so um, we want to cater to them. But then for uh, the great films that we do have that, uh, that have subtitles, some of the best films we have on the platform are not in English, and that's what we love. So for those type of movies, we just make sure that uh, the uh, production houses we're in uh, partnership with provide us with uh, – with subtitles for the films right yeah. so that is why um, now everybody hates subtitles right but we have
1: subtitles. see exactly
3: you you're one, yeah. you're one of a few you see you guys are one of you guys are intelligent right that's a big <laughs> so no, no 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 listen no get please listen to me on this one because it really does matter when it specifically when it comes to uh, your marketing uh, audience your target audience so we want people that are well-educated, people such as you guys, you know, um, that have been in college, some college, or currently in college, we strategically market to those people because we know those people are the ones that'll be willing or that'll say, oh, I love subtitles. Oh, I want to learn know. about...
1: Oh, I don't know. I feel that sounds kind of elitist, though. I don't think subtitles are, are um, specific to education background like mm-hmm. i for example the reason i love subtitles is because i like to sometimes i don't hear what people say so sometimes i even feel like i might be slightly hearing impaired exactly. so like, I, like, I like to be able to like follow the entire conversation like, you know how people yeah. have different accents and i'll be like oh what did they you know that's why i like subtitles and like, there's some people that don't like you know so i don't think it's like you know Exactly. I think it's just yeah. then, it's just a exactly. Show preference.
3: Exactly, and you're definitely right about that, and I do appreciate that uh, that feedback. And uh, no, it's it's just not based on uh, an educate uh, educational uh, status, but for uh, for us to be effective early on into the marketing, you know, we want to be able to because uh, if uh, for for example, and uh, it might be different for everybody, but. If I'm, uh, if I'm looking at a new platform that says, um, they're showing this or these types of movies and I click on that movie and all I see is subtitles, I will lose interest at some point because I don't want to be reading the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't go for everybody, obviously, but we just had to cater our, our market entrance strategy to, uh, to the people that wouldn't mind doing that. And then obviously opening up as we grow in the way. So, um, no, it's, it's not excluding. It's, it's definitely not excluding our uh, people that are not in college or have not to college because they're brilliant people that don't go. Right. But, uh, as a market entrance type of marketing campaign, that's who we, are. Uh, we started catering to first and then growing with that audience as we move forward. Now, um, getting back to the, uh, to the question. So, uh, we we work very closely with these production houses, and we tell them, um, "Hey, this is where our audience is. So, if you can please, uh, if you can please, give us um, subtitles in English, also subtitles in French, because it's a very large French-speaking uh, mm-hmm. population. Uh, subtitles in, um, I think those are the two, the two main uh, subtitle uh, subtitle um, sheets that we have on the platform, and then uh, people are able to select." Which type of subtitles they want when they're watching content, and then obviously that's uh, that's going to grow as we uh, as we move on forward, and uh, we have more uh, more more investors coming on board with us.
0: Okay.
1: So you've answered the question about you know different languages. What about the different types of content?
0: So oh are yes.
1: You, are you you know scouting for those unique? You know lesser told African stories. Not mm-hmm. every time, you know, life mm-hmm. in whatever city, war or yes it yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. how are you dealing with like LGBTQ representation and mm-hmm. um, you know cultural traditions and things like that?
3: Yes. So we want original raw stories. So we don't have uh, any limitation. Okay. Right. So uh, we're looking for all type of content. Uh, that's that's intriguing, interesting, uh, out of the norm. There's no such thing as bad publicity, what we believe. So uh, if a film is very controversial, um, we want that film. You know, we want everybody to be aware of uh, what's going on, what's going on on the continent and around the world. Now, with that being said, uh, what we won't show on our platform is uh, help feed, you know, Toonday. Uh, for five cents a day, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of those commercials. Right? We, mm. we will not promote, and we will not put that perception again into our audience to uh for them to see that Africa is poor and full of poverty. So we try to stay away from uh, those type of documentaries that are told by people of that uh that are told by non-Africans because non-Africans mm-hmm. are the ones that tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Right, but uh, if it's uh, a documentary that touches on a uh, sensitive issue, but it's well produced and you know uh, it's well presented, then yes, that's fine to come on the platform. But we don't want to put anything that's derogatory to um, to our people and the continent because our our main mission is to change the perception. So uh, we do have a, vet, uh, a vetting process, but yes, we are open to all the type of films. Uh, okay. We we want raw original stories. Stories that people are afraid to tell.
0: Okay. Right.
3: We want those. And we do have some controversial uh, con- uh content on our platform.
1: And uh, <laughs> what do you
3: mean by controversial content? Um okay, well starting <laughs> starting off, uh we had uh we had this film. I'm not gonna mention the name uh due no. to uh <laughs> due to contract legalities and okay. <laughs> all this. I I don't want us I don't want to get sued. But um this uh, this film was focusing on uh, an African family, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very loving family, well off, affluent family. And one brother was in college, and one brother was uh, in high school. The other brother from college comes back with uh, with a secret, and his secret is that he's uh, he's gay,
0: mm-hmm. right?
3: And uh, basically, it's just um, it's just uh, showing how. Uh, homosexuality is, uh, is built from an African perspective. Right? So, uh when, we were, uh, when we put that on our platform, we got a lot of, our feedback from some of our, um, homophobic fans. You know, mm-hmm. um, hey, I don't appreciate Afroland doing this. You're promoting the gay agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, you, you know what I mean? And, uh, they, they were just blasting us. And we told them, we're not promoting gay agenda that's not what we're trying to do this is not the platform but we're telling the stories that people are afraid to tell the stories that mm. actually happen in real life because these stories are happening we cannot act yeah. like this is not happening you know they're still people you know what i mean and uh they still our people <laughs> if, if you want to take it to the next level and i uh, you know we, we are open to telling all those stories
0: okay you know,
3: and um uh, where well, we have no limitation Uh we do have a vetting process like i said earlier on if 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 a documentary just says hey africa is a very poor country you know i mean that is like first off it's not even a country
0: right <laughs> and then
3: you know so we we try to uh, we stay away not even try we stay away from content like that that has that message
1: that has what message
3: the uh just spreading Saying Africa, all of
2: Africa's part of okay. That's that's great.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for your time, Michael. This has mm-hmm. been very, very informative. Um oh, I keep thinking of like new questions to ask you. Just Go you ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you, up, you, you, you last have question for sure. Um so there's been a Boom in web series, for example. So, uh-huh. Oyeka O is our resident web series <laughs> mm-hmm. connoisseur. So, she watches, there's a lot of content from Nigeria. Um, The Skinny Girl in Transit, there is uh, yes. Gideon, like, all these yeah. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: African web City. Series. Yeah,
1: yeah, all these web series content. Is Afroland TV, you know, do you have any partnerships with people doing web series? Like, are you, do you have plans to, to make mm-hmm. any foray into that? Is that spare, um, or are you yes. just focused on films?
3: Are you? Oh no! Great question. No, we are focused in all type of content from our, our movies, shows, web series to our documentaries. We don't do okay. music videos,
2: right? <laughs> we just focus. It's-
3: <laughs> I'll make sure I say that because we get we get emails with all these type of music videos, and we don't do that. You know, go to YouTube to do that. Right. (laughs) So um, we are we are open to those ideas. We are currently working with um, an upcoming. It's a fast upcoming show. It's called uh, Real Niger Ladies of Dallas. So uh, what Real Niger Ladies of Dallas is, it's a reality show uh, that focuses on um, Nigerian and African women uh, from different places, but mostly the uh, they are the executive producing, uh, the main cast is from Nigeria, uh, their daily lives here in Dallas. It's not one of your, your traditional, uh, real housewives of Atlanta, you know, type of reality shows where they're fighting the whole episode. But, uh, this show focuses on, uh, the charities that these, uh, incredible African women are doing, wow. Um uh, their, 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 their daily lives, you know, are managing, um. Managing uh, an African husband as well in our cool. today's society, you know, uh, that would be a <laughs> uh, show. Yeah, yeah. So this show is very good. It's uh, they just we uh, they just finished um, well a while back. Season one was ended. It's on our platform running right now, uh, and we're in. We're starting pre-production for season two with Apple and TV being a partner with this. Uh, with this production company so we are helping produce uh, season two of this um of this series because it's uh it's doing very well it has uh, a lot of numbers the executive producer was actually in nigeria um earlier on this year just uh promoting the show she was on ebony live tv um ds tv promoting the show and people are hungry for season two so she adds to apple and tv since we are the only platform well, one of the most credible platforms who I carry the show on, she mm-hmm. asked us if we could come on board and uh, offer our knowledge uh, about the film industry and produce to make season two even better. Okay. And then, and then we, we, want, we but it's hard to deal with I hope they do not listen to this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want, uh, an African city uh, season two on our Okay. okay.
0: Right? All right? But,
3: uh, they just, won't budge right <laughs> uh, we,
1: we, is
2: there we a have... season two at all or yeah is. Oh,
0: okay. yeah They're there's a season, season two
3: mm-hmm. exactly style. they have a uh, season two but uh season two is uh is uh basically a premium you know, you pay for the whole season and you have access to watch the whole season I so see. uh which we, we try to do deals with them uh they refuse and then um we do have the show uh this is it
0: mm-hmm we, we the that, show huh? uh,
3: yes we have season one on our platform and season two is uh, is out now we should be coming on our platform later on as well so uh mm-hmm. we are in partnership with them and then uh, many more to come you know uh we want to grow the uh the show category because when we started we were focused on the films
0: but mm-hmm. now we're
3: expanding to the shows the web series because that's where the eyes are people are going to
1: awesome sauce this has been wonderful 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 um, so we are going to wrap up how we end our episodes is that we talk about things that we are currently watching reading listening to so this is perfect for you as mm-hmm. a film as an actor as a you know producer mm-hmm. distributor all of all of that so exactly, NYC ladies do you all want to go first does anybody
2: want to go uh sure i can go um over here i am currently listening to um broken to peace it's a new album that came out by jessica bongos and if you're nigerian um and you know anything about the great bongos ikwe this is his daughter um she has an amazing raspy voice so if you're thinking amy winehouse that type of vibe she's phenomenal so I'm listening to Broken to Peace by Jessica Bongos, obviously listening to, uh, watching gonna Girl in Transit, as well as This Is It. Um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, let's see, am I, and then in, in the spirit of Netflix, um I'm currently watching or finishing up Baby Daddy and Greenleaf Season 2.
3: Ah, that's a good show.
4: Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. May it be? So, I, um let's see okay I'm listening to more radio because um, for some reason I stopped listening to radio on the way mm-hmm. to work but now I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to mm-hmm. I don't know just more radio what am I reading I'm reading a book called playing to win it's oh. um meant to help with more strategy decisions and Just general tips on how to develop a business plan and um, have a winning business idea and um, implement, implement, implement. So nothing really enjoyable or fun. Um, (laughs) And what am I watching? I just finished watching Sense8 season 2 again. <laughs> it's You've amazing. Watched it. Yeah, it's. I just. I love the series so much, and I'm really heartbroken that it's been cancelled. So to comfort myself, I just keep watching the episodes in mm-hmm. hopes yeah. that Netflix can see that I'm watching the
1: episodes. But did you hear gonna be like <laughs> a I don't know like, like a, a final movie.
4: movie? Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't really make any sense because each episode is like an hour. So what's two yeah. hours really? Yeah, so yeah, whatever yeah. though I'm over it
1: <laughs> all right um this is Ife so I am reading Shonda Rhine's Year of Yes
0: mm-hmm. wow. so
1: I find that I do non-fiction books better as audiobooks so mm-hmm. that's what I that, I haven't really been listening to podcasts that much because of that um as it's a podcaster I probably shouldn't be saying that out loud but mm-hmm. yeah. um <laughs> so i consume my non i consume most of my non-fiction books as audiobooks and it's it's been interesting it isn't quite what i expected so um i'm just about halfway through i'll reserve my comment until i'm done but yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i'm currently reading excellent and i am watching suits so I've had a weird relationship with Suits. Like, I was super into it when I first started. Oh, my gosh. I was in love <laughs> with Mike Ross and Harvey Specter. They were my booze. But I fell off. I was like, this thing was just like... It just felt like it was dragging. But now that it's on Netflix in the UK anyway, um, I'm back on it. And I'm, and, and I'm into it. I'm into season seven. They've managed to keep it fresh. I think once... I don't know. Should I spoil it for you people? Okay, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But once they, like, resolved a very big thing, a core, like, pillar of the suits, whatever, once they resolved that, and I, you know, they found a way to keep it fresh. So it's been been good. Um, Then listening to, I am listening to... Fauls's new album. Fauls's mm, new album, twenty seven. I like most of the songs, Ooh. but like that, there's a song I don't like. Child of the world. I'm like, what is this?
2: Has
1: anybody listened to, listen to, to, listen to Fauls's album? I have a very Like,
4: what's it saying?
1: It's called. It's called Child of the World. It's like kind of like a super story esque, Jennifer esque. Oh, of, I, have, like, I have, I have, I have. I
2: have listened to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, like, uh-huh. mm, I'm like, what? I'm mm, mm, like. <laughs> <laughs> very like preachy I
1: don't I like that, that was, it is, I that always was, skip it yeah,
2: I'm like what is yeah, this it I don't to know mm, yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> he said no. super story
1: <laughs> was, I'm like yeah there wasn't enough I, I kind of get what he was trying to do but there wasn't enough like critical analysis of it was kind of like a little victim bl- I don't know I'm, I'm not a fan of that song especially is what I'm trying to say
0: no, okay
1: like, <laughs> Otherwise it's it's a it's a good album. I love me some Falls. Um I'm also listening to I'm re- revisiting some Asha. So I was listening <laughs> to Asha's um first okay. album actually on wow. my way back today. Wow. So yeah. That's that's, me. It that's Way me. back. Excellent.
3: Know. Excellent. Okay, so uh myself, what I'm reading currently, I'm reading uh Forty Eight Laws of Power. <laughs> um <laughs>
4: That's an interesting one. <laughs> such a I have mixed feelings book of, about like, that
1: book. I feel like, yeah, R- really, I feel well, like it's such a like black man book to read. Well,
2: here's the reason. No judgment.
3: Well, here's the reason. because uh, uh, as a leader, you know, I always wanted, I always want to approach every situation, every situation uh, ready to make a decision. Hmm. Uh, oh. But I want to be well competent. Of the environment under so uh, that book is very well. Uh, it has taught me strategic ways to approach different types of situations. So uh, I want to be a better leader. So that is uh, the reason I'm reading that book currently, right? And then I'm reading two books. Can I, is it cool to say two books?
0: Mm-hmm, okay. Of course.
3: So I'm reading that book, and then I'm also reading. Um, now this book is in the line of um, Rich Daddy. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Rich Dad. So it's not that... uh, (laughs) That's Rich Daddy. (laughs) Excuse me. So it's not that specific book, but uh, this book is called uh, Running Your Own Corporation. Right? Now, uh, this book is very good for people that have um, businesses already. Corporation businesses, LLCs, uh, S Corp, C Corp. If uh, you have a business structure already, this book helps you um, with with the nitty-gritty things such as uh, tax, such as uh, deductions, such as uh, payroll. And it just helps you uh, operate the daily duties of running a corporation. So uh, that book is very excellent, and I recommend it to uh, all the business owners out there, the startup owners up there. That is a good book for you guys uh, to continue moving. Uh, music, I am listening. To, I don't listen to uh, much, much uh, radio anymore. Does it have to be music? Can it be? No, uh, it
1: can be anything.
3: Okay, so
1: whatever you like, I, 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 you don't I, have to give a recommendation. Like if you don't okay. have anything, that's fine too.
3: Okay, so I'm listening. Uh, currently, uh, I currently listen to uh, T D. Jakes. Okay.
1: Um,
3: he's basically. Um, I grew up without a father, so I never had a father figure. My life, so um instead of you know um looking looking up to people that are not doing right, you know, I look mm-hmm. up to uh to him and how he runs how he runs his ministry and how he runs his businesses as well, so I uh, he, he is somebody that I listen to every day for advice, you
0: mm-hmm. know what I mean
3: so um and I uh, keep while keeping it spiritual, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, you never want to get lost so I, I listen to him about uh, uh, I listen to him a lot, and then what I'm watching, so uh, I'm a little weird for this, but I watch anime, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm watching uh, what is it, Voltron on Netflix right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I know it sounds kiddish, but no, imagine... It's it, it,
1: good animation. Exactly. You know, yeah. You yeah know,
3: imagination. imagination, never get rid of your imagination once you get rid being you know, you uh, know. So I enjoy watching cartoons because it watch it shows me things that um that people thought could never be done, and then people are doing it right now with companies like uh, SpaceX and Tesla. You know, building flying cars or rail, uh, underground railroads and stuff like that. You know, so it keeps my imagination going.
0: That's oh.
1: cool.
3: So that that's that's it for me.
1: Some sauce. Awesome sauce. <laughs> so we are essentially at the end of our podcast um of this episode do you want how can people find you other than of course the main topic of discussion afroland tv is there anything else you want to plug any upcoming films um just just tell us
3: um so our our marketing VP is gonna be mad if i don't do this so mm-hmm. um Uh, You guys can find us on Instagram and Facebook at uh, at www.facebook.com slash AfroLandTV. And on Instagram, you can find us at uh, AfroLandTV. And it's all one word on all platforms. So make sure you guys uh, follow us and keep up with uh, our recent updates. We're always trying to introduce something innovative. Um, Me... Personally, you can follow me on um either platform. Um,
0: uh,
3: I'll say follow me on Instagram at uh Michael Maponga. Um, my last name is spelled M A P O N G A. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. Um, I don't post much, but when I do, you know, I try to to make sure that it's it's enjoyable content for everybody. <laughs> so uh, that's where you guys can find me.
1: Awesome! Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. This has been very informative. We still like I could keep talking for hours. Hey, uh, so, exactly. For
3: hours. No, this was very informative and thank you guys for having me. Uh podcasts awesome. usually last like thirty minutes for me, but this one was
1: awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're glad. Nice. Thank right, you. but this one was awesome, and you guys are doing a fantastic
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. This is if I'm gonna plug something. So TEDx Houston is having an event in December. So, folks in London, come through, um, go to www.tedxhouston.com to get your tickets. The theme is called Metamorphosis, and we're going to have, um, they're going to be amazing, amazing, amazing speakers. And TEDx Houston's theme or motto is African ideas worth spreading. So, wow. come and be transformed. Our friend, friend of the podcast, Nancy, who was on our, was on two episodes ago, um, is part of the organizing team, just come through, people in London, if you're not in London, if you're in the UK, somewhere, travel to London, it's gonna be Liddy so, yeah. And try to find yourself while you're there. Yes, and I will be attending.
3: This is happening in the UK?
1: Yes, it is happening in the UK, okay. it's happening in London, yes.
3: Okay, excellent, because excellent. I got confused when you said X I was
1: like, oh, it's cool. oh, not, not, no, not, Houston, <laughs> Houston, not Houston, Texas. Houston, E U S T. Yeah,
3: see, yeah, I'm a country boy, but okay, that's that's <laughs> awesome.
1: All right, folks, we will catch you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Bye. All right,
3: guys, bye bye. <arrivati>